Okay, what's going on, guys? And welcome to a brand new episode of Energize. Today, we have a very special guest on the show, Mr. PC Carroll himself. PC, how are you doing, man? Good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, good to be talking in these times of isolation. Good to keep me busy. I appreciate the invite. No problem at all, man. Uh, whereabouts are you based right now? Blanchard Sound. Um, we, we, uh, me and my missus uh, tactfully moved home to save for a deposit on <laughs> mortgage. Now it looks like we could be locked here for the next few months. So uh, <laughs> uh, these things happen. But yeah, I'm back in, uh, I'm in Blanche at the moment. Um, the beautiful capital of Dublin, as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but like, it, as we said earlier, like we have a duty to be like putting out content for people that are sitting home basically looking for stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah, man. But, uh, but unfortunately, I just hope we aren't boring, you know? Yeah, <laughs> hopefully not. Hope not. Uh, obviously Ross isn't on the show today he has uh, work commitments that it has to be done because of these times but uh, he told me to keep the show on the road but uh, PT everyone knows you in the world of MMA uh, PT how, how did you get into this into the MMA scene um, my brother was uh, training uh, for a long time in, in grappling and stuff like that so he he uh, eventually moved on to do MMA and um, I was working in a local newspaper uh, the Gazette paper, so they cover like all the different catchment areas. Like they have uh, a Muay Thai, they have Swords, Malahide, uh, Blanchardstown, Castleknock, Lucan, um, Dundrum, Dunleary, all these different areas. And basically, I was mad into MMA from my brother being into it. And then, as the Irish scene began to emerge, um, say if there was a slow news week in the Gazette, I used to be like, oh, well, I know this guy from uh, Lucan called Conor McGregor. He might like he's a fight. He's 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 one and all at the moment. He's fighting. Uh, next week or whatever we, we could interview him and that's basically how it started like I just I'd find like a little 300 word part in the paper that wasn't full and if they had absolutely no other option they'd have to use the MMA story so that's how I uh, initially started that was about 2009 2010 and then um, eventually then when when Connor made his debut and stuff I graduated on to um, the mirror and stuff like that I managed to convince one of the papers to, to give it a go and they were actually the only newspaper in Ireland that covered that uh, debut pre-fight post-fight of course everyone covered it after the 50 G's baby thing and everything but um, the Mirror were the first paper to give us a chance and I was literally ringing them every weekend for about a year going like oh this fight's on this weekend what about this one what about this one and then eventually when I got the UFC and I convinced them how big of a deal that was they eventually let me go so I'm always very grateful for, them for doing that but uh, yeah that's that's pretty much how I got into it I was very lucky to be kind of um, among those people, uh, the initial kind of Irish surge, and um, you know, just right place, the right time, I guess. Um, and and since then, it's gone from strength to strength. Yeah, well, first of all, that's class. Uh, what what else was sort of going on around that time when when you actually first started writing? Obviously, you said Connor was one and zero, but like there was obviously like the first wave. They had like people like obviously Carl Pendry, Paddy Hulin, Ash. Davis. Yeah, they were all. Ash was probably the most established in terms of. Um, she really was the, at the top of the, the the pool in her division already. She was fighting flyweight at the time. And the problem was that she was fighting flyweight and the UFC didn't introduce, it was the last weight division the UFC introduced for females. So, I mean, that's why when she went to the UFC, she, she was fighting at a lower weight class at strawweight and she was just killing herself to make the weight. You know, we never, like we did see some glimpses of brilliant, brilliant Zewa Ashton in, in the UFC, but we never saw her at her best, I don't think. Um, she was definitely at the top of the heap in terms of she probably had the best international ranking in Ireland, you know, at that time. Yeah. Um, and then even, it's funny to say it now, but Connor wasn't even the best featherweight in Ireland then. Owen Roddy was. 
So, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's the coach now, right? But Ruddy, Ruddy was the main featherweight in Ireland. And um, I always talk about that fight he had with Shannon Gilberty because this was before, say, Cage Warriors champions just went to the UFC. Like, that's commonplace now. We had Pendra who did that. Uh, Chris Fields, we got a call up to the Ultimate Fighter after winning the belt. Um, obviously, Neil Siri and Conor McGregor, all that went through straight to the UFC after winning um, uh, a Cage Warriors title. But before that, we were still trying to figure out what what we needed to do to get these fighters to the US. And one guy who probably wasn't the best business promoter in the world, but certainly knew how to generate interest and and make compelling fights was John Ferguson, a cage contender. And these were, these were the best events ever. They used to happen in the National Basketball Arena in Tala or up in the King's Hall in Belfast and maybe a few other places. But he used to get all this international talent to come over and fight Irish lads. So he had Shannon Gilberty, who was a, a former UFC fighter, come over to fight Owen Ruddy. And anyone, if you would have asked internationally who would have won that fight, they would have said Shannon Gilberty. But we all thought if, if Ruddy won it, he'd get signed to the UFC. He ended up winning it, but he didn't get signed to the UFC. Um, but it was it's one of those moments where that was when we realized that we're every bit as good as these guys in the US. And um, only a couple of short years after that, we had Conor making his UFC debut and, and kind of putting the world on notice of that KO of Marcus Brimage. So it's incredible that just two years before that, we didn't know how to get lads in Ireland to the UFC. You know, there was no path there at all. And then two years later, this conveyor belt of talent just gets signed to the UFC. It's amazing. Yeah, uh, was that fight uh, that you're talking about on Roddy? Was that the one that was on that documentary with him and Paddy Hoolan? Yeah, the t- ten thousand hours from the great uh, Severo MMA. That's and, and like that's a big part of um, the MMA scene here as well. And uh, certainly back then, the way Severo MMA was, we had we had uh, back then back then in twenty like back twenty eleven, twenty twelve, twenty thirteen. I only joined in twenty thirteen. But around then, they had a great team, like Andrew McGann um, going to the local events and Graham being the editor and the video producer. And then I was writing up the articles. Um, you know, that cluster of people, we were so dedicated at the time that, you know, we, we were getting these lads' stories out. And we were loving it. Like, we, we thought it was amazing. But I've never seen anything like that. Um, you know, years later, you, you do see it now. But this little website uh, on with Graham McDonald in... Um, in Stalorgan there like was was one of the biggest websites in Europe you know what I mean because the traction was happening in Ireland and because of all these Irish guys were signed to the UFC and there was so many people scrambling for information on Connor and Paddy and all this stuff they just kept coming back to Severe because we were the only ones that were covering their careers but uh, that was a big part of it too you know um, yeah that seems uh, like you had a good dynamic there the way you had someone going to the events you writing and then someone recording like that's yeah that's oh, it was trail. brilliant it was the best. Um, and Noel then came in. He, he had a talk and brought... Like, that was obviously uh, severe in my podcast. It started now with, with Sean, who came in later. Um, but certainly at the time, when we were all going to the events. And um, when there was still a lot of events happening in Ireland, it was it was brilliant, crack. It was the best one we ever had. And then even even towards the end, we were going on international events and stuff like that. And it was just um, it was just incredible. It was a brilliant experience. Um, but, just new yeah. and fresh. Yeah, well, just mad. We didn't know what we were doing, you know what I mean? So just <laughs> running around like agents. Um, I can remember, like, I, I'd been covering the sport a lot longer than, um, say, Severe. Before Severe had come along, I, I, well, not a lot longer, a couple of years maybe. And uh, me and Andrew had been 
But I can remember when Conor made his debut, they had already been to a UFC event and I'd never been. And I was like, I don't even know how to apply for credentials. Like, I didn't, you know what I mean? It came back yeah. around. We've done a master's in journalism at this stage. And I was like, I don't even know how to get into one of these events. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that, that, that was, it was great times, man. I, well, I'll probably never be in a situation like that again. Like, we were completely broke on all around the world, just praying that things would work out because if they didn't, we were completely. You know, we we're a fuck yeah. in the middle of nowhere. We had no money to do anything, but uh, yeah. you just, hit, just hit record and pray. Like, yeah, yeah, all the time, all the time. It was insane and just terrifying as well. Like, I'd never, I'd never really been um, anywhere without my parents. I remember going to start covering these events, like maybe we missed a couple of times, but I'd just be going by myself to America. Never been there before. It was, it was terrifying, but uh, brilliantly satisfying as well. It was, it was great times those early days. It's nearly like, you know. Look, we're in. We're all probably in better financial situations than we were back then. Um, like you know, we're doing far better for ourselves, I'm sure. But the 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 it was far more romantic back then when you think about it. Just going after it and wanting to get the word out about these fires. It was it was completely the golden age of it for me. Um, just before Connor got signed, pretty much, and then maybe the first year or two years, you know, when they had the Mendez fight, Aldo and stuff like that in the UFC. Yeah. That was absolutely golden from about 2010 to 2015. Just unbelievable. What times? Those are great times looking back at them as well. Like just the trajectory yeah. was still going up, like, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think like, it, like people get annoyed with me because I always say they, them days will never happen again. And I, and I guess why if you're a fighter now, you think you take that as an insult. But I mean, it was just so magical. And none of this stuff had ever been done before. The problem is now that all this shit's been done before. We've had a guy who's transcended the sport, basically, and become the most successful MMA fighter of all time, probably the wealthiest MMA fighter of all time. So when you've had a guy that scaled every mountain in the sport, if someone else comes along and does it now, it's just not special, unfortunately. like It's just not the same as when this guy did it for the first time and put that tricolor down on the moon. Yeah. You know? unless, unless it surpasses, which would be a hard thing to do. How do you surpass though? I have how do no you, idea. You box, how do you, you, box, you box Mayweather and Pacquiao on the same night. See, this is the problem with Irish people. We don't know. We don't realize that this is a, a once in a lifetime thing. We're always like, when is it going to When are we going to have Italian 90 again? You know, yeah. it's, like, it's, it's not going to happen. It's just, uh, it was the perfect uh, cocktail of madness that, that led to that moment. Yeah. So you were obviously in SPG a good bit when it was like a, a shed almost back in the day. Uh, I was never in, no, I was never in the shed. Um, I was in, I was in like there was one that I was in before I went to Long Mile Road, I think, or else I was just in the Long Mile one, and then it moved to to Concord. I don't know. I've been, I'd say I've been around for about four SBG gyms. It's just hard to remember which one was where, and you know, like they just yeah, yeah. changed them all. There's so many. There's been like I think there's been four since I've been covering it, like and. And yeah, I mean, it, it used to be, I was kind of far away from it, I guess. So I was never like, like a fixture in there. I'd never be in there too much of the time, you know? Um, like I'd probably be, I'd probably go there once before a fight and interview everyone I could. Um, there was no point in ever trying to schedule an interview with Connor because he just wouldn't be on time. Show up a day late for the thing, you know what I mean? So <laughs> it's always on the phone if you got him. Yeah. But um, a couple of times I interviewed him on SPG and stuff as well. But uh, yeah, I did. I can remember being in the gyms over the years, and obviously, like it's it's amazing to see the state of the art. I haven't actually been in the new one yet, but it's amazing to see. Like, I mean, even the last one was so state of the art and so sleek. You just when we were back then, we would have never expected 
you can have a gym like that, like yeah. that looks like, you know, that looks like a total fitness, like that looks like a, a West Point or whatever, you know, one of these yeah. sleek consumer gyms. It looks, it's unbelievable, really. Like, I mean, even any of the gyms, even Andy Ryan's gym now, compared to what it was back then, is insane. And even some of the jiu-jitsu gyms we have now, like East Coast there in, in Dunleary and Marcelo Garcia and stuff in um, in Blanchestown here, they're just unbelievable facilities. It's 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 come a long way in a, in a short amount of time, you know? Yeah, from nothing to like actually one of the biggest hotbeds in the world. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if it's one of the biggest hot. Like, it, it definitely was. I don't know if it is anymore. We just don't have enough events. You know, we have Bellator come here a few times. Like, they're huge events, right? But we don't have the grassroots scene we used to have, and that's what built these guys. Like the the scene that produced Conor McGregor, Neil Siri, all of these fighters doesn't exist anymore. That's that's the that's the toughest part of it well why do you think that because like, there's so many more facilities and so many more people are taking it up um i i don't i don't think that like i don't think the same like there used to be events on every weekend across or like oh, i mean okay, okay, I get that it. doesn't allow the youth to grow within the sport like i mean to be all and all and signed to bellator is pretty mental like that, that it does happen but i mean i don't think it's given people the it, it's not a grassroots um sport you know like there's there's no there's no battle zones anymore there's no cage contenders there's no akuma well there is akuma still there's a, there's no rumble and rush Roy ocean mma um you know all of these these events that really really allowed these guys to cut their teeth um you know they, they don't really exist anymore because of the because of the the situation with Joe Carvalho when he died, and we had to bring in a lot more legislation and uh, safety precautions, which was definitely warranted. But it did um, it did kind of cut the legs off in terms of the the grassroots development. There is still amateur shows and stuff like that, but um, they aren't the same. Um, uh, it doesn't feel the same as it did uh, certainly back when uh, those guys were coming through. Um, every weekend we'd be at fight cards, you know. So the yeah, there might be more people doing it, like going down to the gym and putting on the gear and doing burpees or whatever. But there's not as many people. But there's not as many people competing, you know, because there was like a fight card every weekend where people were competing. Like you know that 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 doesn't happen anymore. That'd be amazing. I'd love that. Oh, it was mental. It was brilliant. It, and the rivalries it created, like, I mean, the atmosphere, the community atmosphere that we had in MMA back then was far better than it is now. Everybody knew each other. Um, you know, and everybody saw each other regularly enough. So, um, you know, we were always talking to each other. Um, we'd always be able to sort out any issue or anything like that when we see each other in person. I guess it's just... There is no um, the only kind of coming together of the community we have now is at Bellator and stuff like that, and it's it's yeah. obviously a very big event. Like it's not, it's not oh, like yeah. going down to the local GA hall and uh, watching a few lads have a fight. Like you're in a you're in a ten thousand seat venue. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're probably um, able to, you're probably able to sit down and relax more rather at Bellator. Well, but you, you definitely you won't have the same restriction. Like there's not like a security wall to get through to talk to these guys afterwards and stuff like that. But look, and it's great that look. Bellator has brought with a whole new level of professionalism with it um, in the sport and the fact that the fighters are getting paid the way they are, that was never happening in my day. So there is positives and negatives to, to all of this, you know what I mean? But um, yeah, it, it's just very different. It's just a very different landscape, but I know, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. It's just, it's crazy how things have just literally blown up. Like, um, yeah. like I know obviously, like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stick in Connor, but like obviously people want to want to know what sort of situation 
like Conor, Conor McGregor's face right now because like you see them go from obviously one and to to now. Um, yeah. People are bringing up fights that he might have, like someone like Justin Gaethje. They continuously say his name. Um, obviously, Nate Diaz's fight that's never really going to go away. But like you have your ear to the ground. What would you sort of? Where do you see this sort of going? I, I think it's going to go towards. I don't know anything. Like I mean, I don't know. I don't really talk to anyone in Connor Circle anymore. Um, like I mean, yeah. Like I, I'd say usually before it, a fight gets booked, you'd probably find out about it. And usually you can tell by like what's John saying or what's Roddy saying, like because because you know well Connor's told them what he wants, you know, so they're gonna pretty much say what he wants. Um, I look, I, I I think the 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 only element the the Cerrone fight was missing for me was an element of doubt. I don't think anyone, you know, it, nobody in the world thought if the if the good version of Conor McGregor shows up here that Don Cerrone's going to beat him. Um, I guess the thing that it did show was that he isn't in the place that he was when he fought Habib. Cause, yeah, uh, two different men. Yeah, he looked... Look, it's two different fights as well, to be honest. Um, Habib's true. a way, way better fighter than Cerrone. But it, two different guys, uh, I genuinely believe that uh, he definitely put a better foot forward ahead of the Cerrone fight where, you know, there was the whole thing of like... the. the a lot of people in Ireland completely turned their back on Connor after the Habib fight, so something needed to change there, yeah. and it did. And and look, he steamrolled Cerrone. Um, but the the only element that doubt that I just didn't have an element of doubt there. I, I didn't think he was going to lose that fight, so I I want to see him fight someone where I'm like, this guy could beat Connor. Like, and there is lots of them people out there at the moment. It's not like the Connor who just bet Eddie Alvarez when you're like, he's going to beat the shit out of anyone they put in front of him yeah. right now. Two different divisions yeah. as well. Oh, sorry, yeah. not Eddie Alvarez. Yeah, I mean, but that was all around the same time. Like, he was the best fighter in the world then when he was doing that stuff, as far as I was concerned. I think he was the best fighter in the world for about 18 months. Um, you know, and I, I just feel as though it's going to be very hard for him. I mean, I, I just feel like if he wins this next fight, he would probably go back to that kind of place where we think he's untouchable. Um, but Alvarez won the greatest lightweight fighters of all time. He, he beats him on his first fight up at lightweight in the UFC. Or was it his second, actually, because he fought, he fought Diaz at that time? But, oh, Diaz at 170, though. Well, the second, uh, second fight was at 170, yeah. Um, he, so, he, I mean, that was absolutely unbelievable. After starting Aldo, after all that adversity he came through, like, he just felt unbeatable at that time. I don't think he feels unbeatable anymore. Um, but if he came out and he starts Gaethje, he certainly would. Like, if he, if he beats Gaethje, and Gaethje said it himself, he's like, Nobody will argue with him calling for Habib, or nobody will argue with the fact that he gets Habib or Tony, depending on who wins that if it happens. But nobody would complain if Connor got Habib again after he beat Gaethje. So I think that's a good fight to make. Um, and look, I I think if Connor Connor's Connor can beat him, absolutely, you know. But yeah. you know, there was a time when. Gage just signed for the UFC when when people were like, "This guy, imagine this fellow fought Connor just standing in front of me, get killed." And now people are going like, "This is a good fight." Yeah. So that will show you where Connor's kind of dropped a little bit in terms of people's perception. That's not to say Gage is a Gage is a savage. I think he's amazing. I love him. He's one of my favorite fighters to watch. But yeah, it is yeah. a different situation than it once was, you know. Yeah. So that's Gage, interesting to me. Do you think Gage is a big enough name to put against Connor as well? Because uh, like obviously. 
people that are really involved in the MMA scene will definitely know who Gaethje is, but like for your sort of average fan that just tunes in for a Conor McGregor mm-hmm. fight, they, they probably wouldn't even know how to pronounce Gaethje's name. You know? Yeah, that will be funny actually. They don't imagine that RTE yeah. and stuff saying on the RTE. Yes, Gaethje. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. Yeah, like this, these are things people have to think about. You know. Yeah, uh, but like I didn't think so. Like Cerrone, like Cerrone is a like he's a he's a pretty iconic dude, but he's not like um. Like the fact that the, what sold that last fight was Connor coming back. I thought. I didn't yeah. think Cerrone was even a factor in it, to be honest. Like, even when we're in, we're in Vegas, and I was like, it's like, we were at the press conference, and it was like, he's like the fifth thing we get to, like, you know? It's like, we have to talk about Connor, talk about his comeback, um, talk about, you know, like, there was so much stuff, all, all, the, all the stuff that was in the media at the time, the New York Times article, all that stuff. Um, has, has he changed? Has the ch- camp changed? Oh, and what do you think of that guy you're fighting? You know, like that was like yeah. the last thing we were like, it, it didn't even matter. Um, of course, he does have a bigger name, but if anything, that showed me that the whole thing can just be about Connor. It doesn't need a world title. It can just all be about him. And um, look, it's not the same amount of views as like the Habib fight got. One, the biggest MMA fight that was ever watched, I think it was two point something million, whatever it was. But it was big in terms of, I can remember when the ESPN deal was signed, Everybody was saying, we're never going to see a pay-per-view like Habib and Connor again. They're never going to break a million. So the word in the street from insiders was that Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal, which was hoped to be the biggest fight they could put on before Connor came back, that only did 600,000 boys. But Connor blew that out of water when he came back and did over a million. They never thought they were going to do over a million on that, with that platform, with ESPN, because it's it's like behind a paywall. So you it's like having a subscription to Netflix and then paying 70 quid for the Irishman. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, that's the situation they have with pay-per-views there. So they never thought they could do that. Connor did that when he fought Cerrone. So I think it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who he fights next. He just needs to win. It matters in terms of he needs to fight someone that will be a stepping stone towards a title. And he needs to fight someone who people legitimately believe can beat him. Um, I think Gaethje can beat him. But I'd probably, to be honest, I'd probably like, I did, probably before he fought Cerrone, I would have went for Gaethje, but now after the Cerrone fight, I probably have to say I go for Connor. You know? Yeah, yeah, sure. He blew, blew it out of the water. Um, yeah. like when you're when you're looking at the Connor's team right now, like it, before when it was going into the B fight, you were saying he was drinking and stuff, and everyone was on his watch. Do, do you think it, it? It seems like there's a bit of friction in that team as well, to be honest. And the way it obviously the other scene. Like it doesn't seem like they're all getting along together. Um, I mean, his team, I don't think so. I think it's all right. Uh, like Roddy and and John, like they all seem to be together. Uh, the only kind of schisms we saw were with Fields and, and Tom King and Paddy and people like that who aren't necessarily in Connor's camp. You know, like they're all friends with Connor, yeah. but they aren't in that team that gets them ready for fights and stuff like that. So, um. Like, yeah, I feel like – I don't think it's it's in a bad situation. I felt it was in an awful situation at the Habib fight. Like, I mean, like a lot of people in that camp kind of got angry with me uh, for blatantly saying, like, he's at the press conference drinking, lads. This lad's fighting in two weeks. Yeah. That that happened. Like, I mean, like, I'm an idiot media member if I'm not saying, like, 
it's not a good thing for an athlete to be drinking two weeks before the biggest fight of his life. Like that was yeah, the stupidest shit I've ever seen in my life. Like, I mean, who was in control there? That's when I was like, there's something wrong in the camp because anyone else's coach would be like, oh yeah, don't drink, you know? And they go, oh yeah, that's, that's not a good idea. Yeah. But um, that's when I thought things were bad. Like, and, and they proved to be like, that was, you know, they can try and rewrite that any way they want, but that was, that was a one-sided loss Connor suffered that night. Like uh-huh. really bad, really bad. Um, performance by his accounts. Like this is, as I'm saying, this is one of the greatest fighters of all time in the UFC. He's held to a higher standard than anyone else. I mean, you expect him to be putting Habib in some kind of trouble, and he didn't at all. And then he keeps on calling back to like his defense of a takedown, which Habib eventually actually got. As look how good I am. That's crazy. That's not Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor is the guy who walks in, and he hits you once, and it's, it's over. That, that's that's the guy that we, we remember. So I think it's a bit disingenuous to say, you know, look at me stopping that takedown for 30 seconds until I conceded it. That was deadly. I don't think that's the same standard that we expect from him, you know? I know, yes. That's also because we've seen what he's done. But, uh, well, it's just it's just he's so he's so captivating and he has this... His, his power is, is his ability to make people believe in him, you know? And um, I guess he still has that to some extent when... He says things like, oh, look at the way I nearly defended that takedown. And people are like, well, PT, look at the way he nearly defended that takedown. You're like, yeah, yeah, he still has that power to make people believe. But I I don't feel it's the same as it was at the height of his power. And of course, it couldn't be. He was like a, a magician then. You know, it was like it was unbelievable, like nothing we've ever seen before. He still is absolutely an anomaly in the fight game, but it's just not the same as it was back then. And it probably couldn't be when you've earned over a hundred million dollars and you know yeah. you're basically the, the best thing since jesus for you know five years of your life yeah but it is great it's like what he gave us was amazing and then what he's actually given the mma community now obviously bellator and all coming over to Dub- uh, coming over to ireland it's uh he's given loads of people a world platform really mm. yeah um yeah i don't think any of it can happen without connor but you know as much as he helped it, he, he obviously did, you know, stifle the growth of MMA a good bit as well with the with his behavior as well. You know, that yeah. it can't be said. Like, I mean, look, we wouldn't be even at this party if it wasn't for Connor. But sometimes it felt like we're at the party and someone took the box of beer away. You know what I mean? Like, that's, yeah. that's the way it feels. You know, like, I, like, yeah, yeah. But like, I mean, Jesus, I've lost lots of contracts due to how he's behaved. You know, I've lost contracts in Ireland, stuff like that. Um. It happens, like, I mean, I don't care, you know, I'm in a good situation now, I've, I've wanted to be with MMA fighting forever, and now I'm here, and it's great, um, but, you know, to, to just say it's all been, like, sunshine and roses isn't, isn't, isn't being accurate, you know, I don't think. Yeah, that's one thing I, like, uh, I wanted to get into about you getting into MMA fighting. Uh, obviously, loads of people these days, more and more people are, are like, want to get into the MMA media scene. Uh, mm-hmm. How did that come about? Well, I have a master's in journalism. I, you know, worked at papers since I was 19. Um, and I, I just had an interest in MMA. So I did this for free, basically, for seven years, probably. Seven, eight years. Or maybe I got about, you know, a few, like maybe 40 quid an article off, off the mirror. And say when five weeks, you'd earn a few quid. And then from there... um. Severe MMA, so we were we were running for Severe. Obviously, like we, we weren't getting a lot of money in at the time. And so I remember Vice Sports reached out to... Uh, so I was working for like The Mirror, Severe, and 
one of the other papers, the examiner maybe at the time, uh, and you know, you're making, you know, if you earned if you earned a hundred quid a week, then it would have been like, wow, you know, this is incredible. Yeah. So then, um, so Fightland Voice reached out to Severa May, or like, oh, who is your writer? We want them to write something for um, this UFC Dublin card in 2014 so i was like yeah yeah that's great i'll do that so then that became a paid gig they liked me they kept me on and jesus i'm trying to remember where i went um from there i think i I started working with news talk that was specifically about irish mma i went to daily mail from there i went to share dog i even did an article for mma junkie i think the month later was something for mma fight so it's just you know it's just it's absolute uh you know a passion thing like I mean it would have never happened unless I was genuinely into it and and look like I mean it's some big breakthrough moments as well Um, you know I was the first person to feature MMA regularly in a in a national paper um, in Ireland the first with a regional column in the, in the sport and then I'm now I'm the first full time worker uh, hired to one of these major publications and it, it's brilliant but I mean it's nothing's nothing's guaranteed in this you know this could all go away tomorrow in this current climate in the coronavirus situation, like, I mean, that's more prevalent than ever, I feel. Yeah. And you see people getting laid off all the time. Like, it's it's a huge risk. There's absolutely no security in it. Like, I've had times where, not with MMA fighting, before I was there, before I had a contract, like, where everyone just says, oh, no, we don't want anything anymore. Like, in the same week, I lost uh, Voice, Fightland, News Talk, and something else. I can't remember, but that was about... That was probably worth about fifteen hundred quid a month to me, and so it's gone. So your whole income's gone. So it's really a dicey thing to get involved in. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, I had a job for a long time that basically supported it all, and then in twenty, the Christmas of twenty fourteen, uh, McGregor rang me and asked me to write his book. Um, so to be like to to ghostwrite his his book. So we tried to make that happen, but it, it never happened in the end. Like that, I did try to do it. I went and I stayed with him for two weeks in Vegas and stuff like that. We lived lived together and stuff. It just it just never came to be, and that's unfortunate. But I think it's probably for the best now in hindsight. You know, why would you say that? Um, I think when that book, when he would have signed that book in twenty fourteen, think about how much his earning potential went from from twenty fourteen to twenty sixteen. Do you know what I mean? Like think about like it. I felt from the get-go when he signed that book deal, it was too early in his career. You oh, know, like the story like, hadn't even been written yet. He was only on top yeah. of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then, like, it's... That happens, and then, like, he probably signed... Like, I can only imagine. I have no, I'm not privy to any of the details. But I'd imagine, like, you know, he signed in whatever, March 2014. He's like, this is loads of money. And probably by <laughs> probably by September twenty fourteen, he's like, "What?" <laughs> you know yeah, what I mean? so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Renegotiate. I, I, I think it became a burden. You know, I was in like, "Jesus, this really that worth that much?" And it's it's so time consuming. So it never happened in the end, and I don't really, I, I have no uh, ill will about it at all. To be honest, I'm quite happy. <laughs> I don't have to write a book yet. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? You could do it once he retires. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if if Connor is like a. The type of guy that can even sit down for that long like, you know I mean? yeah, yeah. <laughs> and do things like that. He's a he's a loyal warrior. He's always on the go. Yeah, it must be mad for him. Walk like just people constantly message him, just constantly at him. Although he's doing great yeah. things right now, putting out the videos about the coronavirus, telling people like about, uh, talking about shutting down the country and stuff. Yeah, I think that's been a fairly mixed reaction to that. Would you say no? 
Uh, I don't know. I just I didn't really read into it. I just watched it oh. and took my own opinion on it. Oh yeah, yeah. I think it's it's great because I mean, when you when you're going around the the areas and stuff, you're seeing a lot of uh, young fellas still hanging around. I don't know if, where are you where are you living. Uh, I'm living in Rohini now. Right, right. I don't know if you have it, but there's a lot of gangs of young fellas hanging around here, and he's the type of guy that, wait, like, if he's saying it, that will have a like a big impact on them. You know, I just think a lot of people had a. Uh, you know, they're like, who's this guy telling me how to live my life considering the way he's been over the last year? They had a lot of that as well and, and calling it his nation and stuff like that. It's um, it's mad because, look, at one stage he was the guy we raised up as the Irish identity. This is what we all wanted to be. But because of things that have happened after that, it's no longer like that. Like, I mean, we're, we'd be lying if we said it was the same way as it was in, in 2015 when he was winning those world titles. Uh, when he, the, the public perception and sentiment was sky high. And um, I think this kind of stuff is, is, um, is helping him get, get back on good terms with Irish people. I think he's aware of that too, though. Um, I, don't, I don't think uh, he's unaware of that. It's definitely his PR uh, team. No, like, yeah, it is. Like, and look, it's like, he's doing good things. So that shouldn't be criticized at all. Like, I mean, when you become a brand like McGregor, I mean, every single thing you do is is measured and considered, I'm sure, by a whole team of people in, in public relations. Um, but yeah, I thought there was still a mixed reaction, but I feel like when he's saying things like <clears throat> he's going to donate a million euro, um, I think you can't criticize that at all. Like, yeah. I mean, that's great stuff. That was, um, that was more of my point, what I was leaning on. Oh, the donation. Yeah, stuff like, yeah, yeah, like just what he's doing, like giving a million euro. Yeah, that's brilliant. I hope he does it. Like, I mean, uh, you see, I got hung on this situation before with Connor, where I was on radio talking how great it was that he donated all this uh, houses to the homeless, and then two weeks later they bring me back on because it was discovered he earned three million from selling those houses. So, yeah, it's brilliant. If he does it, it's brilliant. Absolutely. So I just, I, I don't want to get myself tongue tied again. Well, that's obviously why we wanted you on the show because you you you'd know more than us. You know what I mean? You would have... Yeah. Oh no. Like I mean, it, it's brilliant. I mean, I think, I think once it, like anyone donating that amount of money is absolutely fantastic. I think I, I do agree with you that this is uh, helping them get back on on good terms with the Irish people, and I do feel like he needs to do that. Like I mean, he criticised me for uh, I went around the street and I just asked ten people ahead of his last fight what they thought of Conor McGregor and. I know Connor a long time, and he was very upset about it. Um, he did an interview with uh, Sean Sheen about it, saying, uh, you know, that wasn't accurate, that people, everyone in Ireland loved him. But as he actually got close to the fight, he did acknowledge it. He acknowledged the fact that, you know, that the Irish people are holding him accountable, and they still have. And I think he did a great job of getting a lot of people back on side with the Cerrone win, but there's yeah. still work to be done, and this could be the thing that, that really helps him. I've noticed even people reaching out to me that, you know, were sick of the guy, even even after the surrounding thing, they're going, look, like, look, this is brilliant. So hopefully it yeah. continues and hopefully he can get back to a good front with the people because that does have a have an impact on MMA as well and how it's seen in Ireland. You know, he is the guy that everyone immediately thinks of when they think of MMA. Yeah. You know, they don't, they don't think of anyone else. Like, if you're in the sport, of course, you have so many different points of reference, but he is the guy for the normal Joe, Joe Soap on the street when they think about Conor, when they think about MMA, they think about Conor McGregor, and unfortunately, that goes back to what has he done lately? And this is a great thing that he's doing lately. So hopefully, that will help. Will will the rising tide will lift all ships, as they say? Yeah, and hopefully, he stays in this path. It's just it benefits everyone. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Look, I mean, that, that's the one thing that I don't think people understand. We want him to do well. We 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 were we were the people going. This guy is the great. You know, like this guy is unbelievable. So we're the ones that have blew up in our faces when everything started going wrong. Yeah. So we just wanted to be right 
But having been the guys going, oh, he's a great guy, he's a great guy, and having it blown up in our faces before, we just have to be a bit cautious. He can't just go like, this is amazing every time he does anything, you know? It's just because, believe me, the shards are still in my face, my friends. <laughs> yeah, and then even on the other hand, you have Katie Taylor, who's just almost like the opposite. Yeah, it's just... What she a woman! Can't get the media attention, you know. Yeah. She can't get media attention. Basically, it's, yeah. it's, have you seen Have you seen her documentary? By the way, yeah, unbelievable, 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 um, unbelievable. I couldn't believe how good it was. Actually, yeah, I can't, like I just never, never thought she would uh, be able to show that side of herself. Um, to be honest, Same here. You know? Same here. I never thought you'd be able to learn that much from her. And even stuff, I'm not religious or anything like that. But that scene where she's praying before she goes out for, I think it might have been her first professional fight or maybe a world title fight, um, in professional boxing. Was was really really uh, terrifying. Like I mean, it was it was gripping. You know, it yeah. was like holy shit. Like I can't even breathe watching this. Um, yeah, absolutely unbelievable documentary. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think I think the the best sign of a documentary is how much can you learn from someone. Like learn about someone from it. And I, I knew nothing about Katie Taylor basically going into yeah. that apartment. She was religious. I know I know loads about her. You know, it's a uh, it's uh, it was absolutely brilliant. And even the way how it dealt with the stuff with her dad and all, I thought that was. I didn't even expect it to do that, to be honest. Did you? I, I didn't think no, it was going to do that. PT, I was blown away by it. Like it was, <laughs> yeah, it was brilliant. Wasn't it was. It? Oh, it was absolutely amazing. It was absolutely amazing. But like, obviously, obviously, we're we're talking, we're talking about Connor. He's he's made it to the top. Uh, who on this? Who in the Irish MMA scene should people be looking out for? Um, Paul Hughes and Ian Gary are the two names that jumped to to mind straight away. Um, I was look. I've been here in this situation way too many times where I'm like, this guy is the next guy. And it puts an absolutely insane amount of pressure on the fighter. First of all, who's only making their first steps in the, in the, in the game. Yeah. And, and people tend to get carried away with it. Now it's already happened with both those guys. They have willingly <laughs> thrown themselves into the, into the fray. They want to be considered the next guy. But as much as I'd say, these are two of the best we've, I've ever seen as early pros. Ah, without a doubt, two of the best I've ever seen early pros. That goes right back to McGregor, everyone. Um, I have to agree with you there, Pete. That's the I've thing. seen it all go wrong. I've seen it all go wrong before. Like, I mean, I don't yeah. want to name names or whatever, but I've seen guys that I thought were perfect. And like, this can't go wrong. He, he's going to be amazing. He's going right to the UFC. And it, 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 there's a lot that can go wrong. There's like it's it's actually out of the fighter's hands as well how it can go wrong. It can go wrong in terms of who's promoting you, what fights are they putting you in? Are you thinking about who you are fighting? Why do you want to fight that person? Um, and this no way means go and fight cans at all. It means gain something from every fight you get. And just because you beat a couple of guys who are useless, that doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to go in and kill someone that off is the champion at the moment. Like that's a completely different set of set of um, skills that you need and a completely different level of experience. So I can remember with Ian Gary, um, I was watching his amateur videos for a long time and very excited, obviously. And then I sent the video to some other media members and I said, keep this on the down low, but this guy's going to be insane. And a week later, it was like, blah, 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 over Twitter. So I was like, oh, well, there that goes. <laughs> so um, yeah. I, I, I think he's absolutely capable. Him and Paul are absolutely capable of doing it anything they want in the sport but it's a long way to go and it's it a is. long it's a lot of bullshit that you need to negotiate to get from where they are now to uh title conversations in the ufc and a lot of luck is involved as well are they capable of it? absolutely I, I love it and i love the fact that we have these guys and to be honest like the thing with bellator is right they're signed to bellator 
and that's that. Like, you yeah. don't go anywhere then. You just you sign to Bellator, and it's very hard for me to understand how you go from, say, how do you go from where Kiefer Crosby is to where Peter Quilly is? How do you do that? That's because what do you mean by that? Well, Kiefer's an undefeated guy. Well, he has that one loss. We all know yeah, it's not yeah. a real loss. Yeah. How does he go from fighting these guys I've never heard of to fighting people I heard of? I, I know. That's, the, that's, that's definitely one like thing. The, it's the scale of, it's a scale of, that's the problem with me for a lot of the Bellator fights. I don't know what winning means. If he wins that fight, where's he going? Is he going to fight another guy I've never heard of? All right. That's not exciting. I know, I know. That that's that's so, that's definitely like if you look at Cage Warriors, like Graham Bonin seems to be looking after the two lads there, like brilliantly, and like Ian has been. But you're there, I got it. Like here's the thing with Cage Warriors that makes it exciting. At some point in the next year, those two lads are going to be fucked into the wolves, and yeah. they're gonna then we're gonna see them fighting. Like they, we are not, we are not going to see these lads eased into anything. Yeah. Like yeah, they they will give them favorable matchups when they're at this stage in their career, which Ian Dean absolutely should. The best matchmaker in the world, as far as I'm concerned, he's he's prime ninety five fighters for the UFC. Like I mean, that's that's a guy who knows what he's doing. So, but I know, and Ian Gary knows, and Paul Hughes knows. At some stage, they're going to get a name, and they're going to be like, "Fuck that." I don't know. Like I don't know when that happens with some of the guys on 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 Bellator. Like when does it go from yeah. prospect status? to championship contender status, I think they need to make something there that bridges that gap a bit. Like, they don't like the idea of European titles. I personally do because it just feels like a, a mismatch of fights happening in Europe. It, it doesn't does. feel like... It does. We, we said that last time at the last Bellator Dublin. It just sort of seems yeah. like, where did they go? Like, like obviously Kiefer's like, uh, fighting in the Kiefer Cosby division almost because he's fighting like mm. 160, I think, the last time. And then what, the yeah. time before that was 165. Like, it... No one else is really getting that preferential treatment. And yeah, well, like I mean, it's you know, like I think he's going to one fifty five. Um, yeah. And to be fair to Kiefer, like, like I've interviewed Kiefer loads of times, and he's called out Savage Warriors. Like he's called out, you know, I can remember he called out Freak Show once. And um, you know, that was when he was like four and oh, Kiefer was asking for a guy of Colin Fletcher's pedigree. A guy who's fought in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. A guy who's you know made it a final a tough like that's a real test and um, last time after his last when he called out Soren back I was like that is fucking like that's the top European lightweight like yeah, Kiefer he said um, that, yeah. the undefeated prospect against like one of the best European lightweights that's fucking that's an unbelievable yeah. fight but will Bellator listen to him like that's that's the thing that annoys me like it's like he's made a great fight there like what's the point in putting this guy in front of the media and him calling out a name, and then you guys doing nothing with it, because that seems to be what they do every time. Yeah, but that's, not, that's not even that's not even Kiefer's fault. That's Bellator's fault. But not that's like, what I just said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, like I'm yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah, yeah. It's but like Bellator. Yeah, I, I think they need to listen to him and uh, get get it done because that's the type of stuff that will make it exciting. Like I was even saying to them, like Kiefer v Miles Price. Like uh, Kiefer, Miles Price didn't want it because they were like. Oh, well, he's a step down from Queeley. And look, in terms of what they've done in their careers, yeah, he is a step down from Queeley. But Kiefer's probably a bigger name than Queeley. Do you know what I mean? Kiefer's like well yeah. known. And in Ireland, knows. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so yeah. And so you fight him in Ireland, and then you become the guy who's bit Queeley and Kiefer. Like, that's huge for Miles. Yeah. But it's also huge for Kiefer to go, I went and beat the guy who beat Pierre Queeley. Like, yeah. that makes Ross, perfect. Ross asked uh, Kiefer Crosby there on the sh- when he, we, he was on the show at Foycon, and he said, like, he, he, he just said, who? I mean, so you're yeah, 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 yeah. 
yeah, he's done that to us a couple of times as well. Yeah. But it's the most interesting fight he can be put in. He needs to recognise that too. But look, Kiefer like could be saying who, so they make the fight. Like, that's stirring up uh, a controversy between the two. Like yeah. it's just a Bellator could get their finger out and do it. That's all we need to see. Yeah. <laughs> are you su- are you surprised? Like don't don't we know everyone used to just aim for the UFC and then like so many people signed the Bellator and mm. then um do, do you think like Paul or in would be better off just going on the bell tour or you're are you or do you think they're right to just continuously go for the UFC? Oh absolutely not. Yeah I think they're they're right to go for the UFC one hundred percent. Um yeah. look I mean what why what are they here for? Like are they here for money? Like go to Bellator one hundred percent. Um yeah. and look Bellator's a great like look at the key, look at the money James Gallagher is making for Christ's sake. I know that's the thing. So like it's it's a hard which way do you go, you know? Well it's I don't know. Like I don't know because it's yeah. if if you if you go to Bellator, you're ruining yourself with the UFC. That's the thing. So what happens with Bellator? Like, why does everyone think Bellator European Series is going to stay around forever? Like, nothing else does. Like, so what? Why would this stay around forever? You, you're getting that money. The money the guys that are getting in in Ian's situation, Paul's situation, the five and hours, the the three and hours of this this world, like, they're getting way more money than you would on Cage Warriors, right? But you're getting way more money than you would anywhere else. Like it's not like cage warriors are paying you really badly and Bellator are just paying you what you should be getting paid. Bellator are paying way more than everyone else is getting paid. So yeah, if Bellator are paying way more than everyone, and they suddenly go and say forty fighters are left without a promotion. Like, will they still want to fight for a quarter of the money? Like that could be if that goes away, it's gonna be one of the most detrimental things that ever happens to the European uh, scene to the UK and Ireland that's why it's like I was reluctant to be like this is amazing and they're like why aren't the journalists saying this is amazing because you've signed up all of the talent and if you go you've basically decimated the scene yeah like, because you see uh, Dublin's come back and there's basically no one going to be able to get in the yeah. card like I mean yeah. who do you think could actually get, go on that card Reese Reese McKee's obvious like, yeah, sorry, yeah, Reece, obvious yeah but the problem is now that Belfast event is gone so the Belfast event that we were expecting, the he team. goes in, he wins the fight, and then he goes to the UFC. That's gone now. So does wow. he get in with a win over Hack and Foss? Probably not. Like you know, probably not because he's only fought one uh, one fight on this run at welterweight, and that was against Hack and Foss. And Hack and Foss is nowhere near um, a UFC level fighter based on his recent record. Like he, it was an interesting fight, um, but you know it wasn't because Reese went in and jabbed him and KO. It's it's like I don't know. If, that's enough on the strength of that do you get to the UFC. Reese is going to be in the UFC as far as I'm concerned. He's brilliant. He's top of the list in Ireland as far as I'm concerned. Um, but I just don't know if that's a guarantee anymore. I thought with a win in Belfast, it was a guarantee. Um, but I, I think Ian, Paul, and Reese are guaranteed to be UFC fighters. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're missing. That's, that's, like, that's the excitement. Like yeah. that's the like like we we don't have Irish fighters in the UFC anymore. When Irish fighters are in the UFC, it is absolutely fantastic. It, it's brilliant fun. It's just a, it's it's like it nothing else. Covering like, it is great as well. Huh? Covering it is great when they're on the card. Oh well. yeah, 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 yeah. But it's like, but with Bellator, there's nearly too many guys signed, right? Like it, it nearly like it nearly cheapens it. You know, know what you mean? Yeah, I do know what you like, mean. Yeah, and it does. Like how many how many of the how many Irish fighters are signed to to Bellator and what percentage of them are SPG? Like it's 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 inundated 90, with SPG. Ninety percent. 
I'd say more. It's in our data with SPG fighters. Um, and that kind of makes it feel like if you're just in SPG, you'll get to Bellator. So I don't know. I don't know if people see it as maybe the thing it was when James signed for him. You know what I mean? Like, like he was one of not so many, and now it's like he's one of 50 or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But it's still a very different circumstance that he's in than guys who are, are just signing for Bellator. You know? I know, James, he's just, he's, he is something different. There is something, there's star quality, oh, yeah. without a doubt. But uh, obviously, UC is coming back to Dublin, and like the, the headline card is Darren Taylor against Robert Whitaker. First of all, what a fucking headliner, man. Is it booked yet? It's not confirmed, is it? It is. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah they have it on the website and everything. Oh, do they? Oh, yeah. I thought it was just in the works. I didn't know they uh, officially announced it. But uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. Um, but in this situation, I'm a bit, um, I'm a bit weird about it. You know, I just don't know if it's gonna actually um, happen. Yeah, I know. I did, did you see uh, the video Darren Till sent Adesanya saying, "I'm coming for you, going nuts." Yeah, I mean, we had Darren on the show a couple of months, a couple of weeks back. I don't know if it's. I don't know if he's if them two are messing with us, you know. I really don't. Um, I I don't have a breeze. If it, it, I think they get on really well, to be honest, Barry. I'd say so as well. I'd say so as well. Like, uh, by the way, your your show with uh, Norman Grad is absolutely brilliant as well. I love tuning into that. That that fight still isn't official, you know. Isn't it? No. So ESPN just put that out. They put it out that it was yeah, being. It's in the works. That doesn't mean it's actually happening. Well, do you, you're you 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 have your ear to the ground, so you know one hundred percent. I thought that was great. I I don't think it is, man. So, yeah, no, it's not. Oh, well, that's oh my God. well, no, look, I mean, I think like if if ESPN are reporting that they are they are in the works for that, it means it's happening. It's also a tactic they use to put pressure on people. And if you've listened to uh, Darren Till talking now, he's always talking, suggesting that he wants more money. So I wouldn't be surprised if this was some type of negotiation tactic but if that fight happens it's unbelievable yeah. it just makes me a bit weird about Whitaker there because Whitaker has suffered a lot of injuries that's the recently. thing yeah he's pulled out a few times and it's like oh man can we actually like imagine having that fight pulled on you at the last second we like Duffy and Poirier all over again oh over don't again. even say that don't even say that I know that was, that was horrendous well, but it did give way to some very quotable Paddy Hillen moments so I mean we got some going out of in the end uh, before we wrap things up because I've, I'm, I've taken a lot of your Saturday morning off you UC 249 Khabib versus Tony Ferguson Dana's saying it's still going on what are your thoughts on that and who do you who, you, who do you think will win I pick Khabib every time um, but I don't know I don't know what the, what Dana is doing to be honest it just it looks bad it, he it's, he's acting like uh, Habib and Tony is the cure for coronavirus like I mean it's yeah. And he's talking about coronavirus like it's a terrorist. Like, this isn't going to stop the... This isn't going to change the way I live. It has to. Like, it, the, the nature yeah. of this virus is that it has to change how you live. And um, look, I think it's, it's worse that it's the UFC because it's like they're the one that everyone just bases the sport off, right? When you're thinking about... When you think about MMA, UFC. Most people in America actually don't even know MMA is a sport. They just think UFC is the sport. Oh, yeah. so, so when you have every other sport pulling all their events and saying, this isn't safe for our athletes. But Dana White going, no, our other athletes, fuck them. Like, let, them let them see what happens. I don't think it looks good. Um, it's also like, 
I, I don't know like, if I completely disagree with him, though, as well. I feel like a hypocrite when I talk about this because MMA has never been a, a mainstream sport. It's got very close to being a mainstream sport. And I think MMA needs to exist in the gray area between mainstream and not so mainstream. And if this virus hasn't given them the perfect opportunity to like, basically command the attention of everyone, because all these other sports are called off, if they can somehow do Habib and Tony in some weird, like in the middle of the ocean or whatever they're talking about, <laughs> if they do that, it could probably will be viewed by an insane amount of people, right? Like, I mean, yeah. that, that's like, like from a promoter's point of view, you're not meant to be really responsible. You're known as a, a shysty person for the most part, you know? Most people expect you to do the dirtiest shit you can to make money. So why, why wouldn't he do it, I guess? Yeah, but look, look, at, look at WrestleMania. WrestleMania is still meant to be going on behind closed doors as well. Yeah, yeah I don't know anything about pro wrestling, but yeah. I well, did either do I, I just know what's coming on. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Like, I'd probably watch that. Like, you know, like, I don't even watch pro wrestling, but I'd probably, if, if that's, that's, like, on nothing else is on I'd probably watch it like just to have a a cultural um standing point on these things you know what yeah. I mean like I mean it's just like you're so starved of everything like I'd probably like I'd watch League of Ireland if it was on now I'd never watch League of Ireland you know I'd, I'd, I'd do awful things for a bit of sport at the moment Jonas Watson, Watson I saw ESPN posted uh, axe throwing and I was watching the video of axe throwing I started about the class I'm actually into it now yeah, yeah. I could get into my shit on this. Uh, like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to like, read loads again, but I mean, the sport thing is just there's nothing like sport. It's it's very hard to. Uh, it's a great time passer, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, you just have nothing to really get excited for. Like, that's the one thing I find is, is tough at the moment. Like, it's just going through the motions, really, aren't you? Like, do you think that? Like, do do you think that happens? I think like I think Dana's gonna make him even Tony happen. Even like, because it's an ego thing for him now. It's not about who's safe. And I know he doesn't want to break his word. Look, look yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. It's not even about people staying alive. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't want people saying he's alive. Look, selfishly, I would love to see it. But like, yeah, I would I, look, look but for, for the for like, which sounds weird. For the sake of humanity, I don't, I don't think like I think they can put it off. Make sure they have a better training camp, and then everyone will have something really to look forward to. But I mean, if you, either way, I, I'm cool with you know. I'm sure yeah. with, like a lot of people. Yeah, like I mean, it feels like even even with Cage Warriors that went ahead last weekend, right? Yeah, so that, the last second they, they had to move from London to Manchester. Yeah. You know, everything was literally put in the way of that event not happening, and it still happened. And people were open arms until it happened, and then after they're like, "Oh, do you remember the fights? They were great." Like they don't. It's like it's a fucking storm in a teacup up until it happens, and then it's like, "Oh, well, let's talk about the fights." Johnny, it's like it just it just happened. Let's get on with it then. That's what I found with Cage Warriors. Anyway, you know, uh, that was a good that was a good event. Yeah, I mean, you forgot that this was going on for the hours it was on. Like, anyway, you know, well, like that's what I, it's kind of like finished, and I was like, oh shit, we're back to this again. <laughs> so here, look, uh, what percent do you think that's going? Do you see two forty nine is going to go down? And where do you think it's going to be on? Uh some Indian reservation or something. <laughs> like some, I have no idea. Some Indian burial ground. I have no idea what he's going to do. Um, I'd say. I'd give it a seventy percent chance of going ahead, but the problem is, I think this is going to get so much worse. Yeah, like that's that's the the thing, and yeah, and it's like three weeks away. Like yeah, and that's yeah, when I think it's gonna yeah, it is literally three bad. weeks. Away. And that's yeah. when I think it's going to be horrific. You know, like this this is going to be mental. This is going to be like nothing we've ever seen before. Yeah. So I don't know if they can 
if they would be able to press on with that in light of the tragedies that are going to be going on around the world at that point. And also America, like it's only, like America's the epicenter now. It was us last week, right? Like Europe was the epicenter and now it's, now it's like the US. It's probably going to come back around again. It's just, that's the thing. Like, I mean, everybody's like, will it go ahead? Will it go ahead? Like everything's changing for even us day to day. Day to day, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's a completely different situation we're dealing with now. So it's like I don't know. Like that's that's what's gonna call it in the end. How 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 much is Dana White willing to risk the lives of his employees and athletes to put on a show uh, that will satisfy his own ego? I guess that's I don't know. Probably a lot. Probably a lot. Like that's the thing. You know? But here, do you know what? Just before we wrap it up, if it does go down, we're gonna have to have you back on. Yeah, absolutely. For not. But PT, for, for people, I'm sure everyone knows you. How could you forget that face? But for people that don't know you, uh, where can they find you? And what should they look out for you on? Um, you can find me on Twitter at PT Carroll and um, Instagram. I'm not very good on Instagram, though. It's just pictures of my dog, mostly. And uh, on MMAfighting.com, where we're trying to do a show every day at the moment, um, which is great fun for all of us, of course. <laughs> Yeah. And also, uh, here, shout out to Noel McGrath as well. He's doing a great job. Oh, shout out to Noel, yeah, and the great Eurobash podcast. We have no idea how it became such a big hit, but we're very happy it did. Um, I'm sure soon everyone will realize how stupid we are and stop listening, but for the moment, it's going strong. <laughs> it's cool crack. Uh, keep it going, keep it growing. Uh, everyone, make sure to like, subscribe, and as always, stay energized. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Baz, and all the best to Russ. I hope he's doing well. Cheers, man.